Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on off the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Leonis Martin with a walk off. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Mariners win opening day at Safeco Field yesterday afternoon over the Houston Astros. Love the breakdown. Plenty of reaction as well as the Mariners get the victory. Also... A great conversation. Aaron Goldsmith, a chance to sit down with Harold Reynolds, Willie Bloomquist, and Jamie Moyer. And that's going to happen uh, in a few minutes as well. That was a fun conversation that you'll get to hear in just a couple of moments. But let's get to the ball game yesterday. The M's coming home. A quick turnaround after the just, I mean, how do you describe that loss? Seven runs in the ninth inning against the Angels. Angels sweep aside the Mariners. M's fly home. They get back late. They have a quick turnaround with a 2 o'clock game, and they're facing the Houston Astros, the team that took three of four in the first series of the season. But this one was all about James Paxton, who was just sensational. Paxton looking for his fifth strikeout. Here is the stretch. Runners go, 3-2 pitch, and a swing and a miss and a cutter in the dirt for strike three, and there it is. Strikeout number five for the lefty from Ladner, James Paxton, and Paxton gets himself out of trouble here in the top of the fourth inning. The pitch, swing and a miss, and a breaking ball in the dirt, knocking it down Zunino, and a throw to second, and now they have Beltron in the rundown, a throw to Valencia, and they get the tag on Beltron. It's a double play, a swing and a miss, strike three. And Beltron took off for second. Zunino, what a throw down to Cano over to Valencia, and that's it for the Astros. Pitch to Reddick. He swings and flicks it towards left center field. Martin on his horse, racing back in front of the warning track, coasting over, and he makes the catch. Martin galloping towards left center, hauls it in, and Paxton strands two. James Paxton on opening day from Safeco Field 2017, exits to a standing ovation, seven scoreless against the Astros. 
A well-deserved standing O, seven innings, four hits, no runs, two walks and eight strikeouts, and did it on 108 pitches. Can't ask for anything more to start this season out of Paxton. He has been nothing short of sensational. How about 13 innings pitched without a run, just six hits along the way. He has fanned 13, and he's only walked three. Just an incredible start for James Paxton. Here's what he said after the ball game. I mean, yeah, I felt really good today. Um, but the crowd was great. You know, once uh, we started scoring some runs especially, they got really excited, and I kind of I fed on that also. James, can you walk us through the seventh there when you gave up a couple of hits and had some traffic over trying to do? Yeah, um, you know, threw some good pitches. They, they hit some good pitches. They didn't uh, really crush the ball or anything, just got some guys on base and uh, had to bear down and make pitches and um, – Zanino did a great job of, of calling the game back there and kept me calm and everything and just executed. Considering the way the season had started, did you kind of feel you needed to have a good game today and set things right? Yeah, you know, it was a tough road trip. We uh, we didn't play very well, and especially coming off of yesterday, that was tough. Uh, so coming in today, I knew it was big to uh, get us back on the right foot, and uh, we, we did what we needed to do. We won the ball game, and hopefully that can kind of turn things around for us here. I had mentioned that they were approaching you a little differently. Could you notice that right away in that first couple of minutes? Yeah, you know, I threw some good curveballs over the plate. They were down for balls, but they were over the plate, good curveballs, and uh, they were taking them, and uh, Stott came up to me and talked to me, and he was like, do you realize what these guys are doing to you? And uh, he said that uh, they're taking the curveball because they were swinging at the curveball last game, and uh, they were going to force me to throw it for strikes. So he told me just to bring it into the strike zone, use it as a get-ahead pitch, and once I once I got the two strikes, they had to swing at it. So that was helpful, also. If you said after the last last start that you knew the offense would, would come around, but how much did it mean when, it, when Cruz kind of came through that two-run hit and kind of things started going? That was big. You know, you could feel the difference in our dugout. The guys, just the confidence level went through the roof once we started getting some hits and some runs. You know, this offense is just gonna is gonna take off, and uh, I'm confident that we're gonna be scoring runs on a regular basis. And it just kind of took. Yesterday we scored runs. We did a great job, um, and I think that was kind of the start of this offense starting to get hot. And um, we uh, we're gonna be just fine. How different does your pitch mix have to be when you face a team back to back like this? My my plan going in was pretty much the exact same. Um, I was gonna make them prove that they could hit me before. I was gonna change my uh, approach to them, and uh, you know we did things a few a little bit differently today. Uh, used the cutter a bit more. It was better today than it was the first time out, and uh, I was getting some swings on that because when it came in, they saw a fastball. Unlike the curveball, they could kind of tell that that was the curveball, so they're taking that one, uh, but swinging at the cutter. James, how did you the Well, yeah, it's different. Uh, I'm not in Tacoma, uh, which is great. Uh, enjoying that part of it and uh but I, I feel comfortable i feel really confident in what i'm doing and uh focusing on the process uh, of what i need to do out there just one pitch at a time and uh so far getting getting the good results that we need how important was it to finish that inning so you have there were guys up in the bullpen did you go out and finish it on your own yeah you know i wanted that inning i felt strong still i was making good pitches they just made some made some contact and uh, i knew that i could um you know, still bring it. And it was a close ball game. It was scoreless into the fifth inning. And then bottom of the fifth inning, that's when the Mariners' offense went to work. It started with a Dyson double to right field. 
fielder's choice, and then Hanniger would double. So Mata went to third. And then the Astros decided to intentionally walk Robinson Cano to load the bases for Nelson Cruz, and Cruz came through. The 2 nothing toss on the way. Swing and a line drive. Base hit center field. Mata scores from third. Rowdy third, heading home is Hanniger. He'll score. Cano around to third. The throw to third, not in time. Robbie safe at third. Nelson Cruz with a two-run single to center field. And the Mariners have the lead, two to nothing. Yeah, Cruz came through in a big way. The two-run single there. And then it was Hanniger in the sixth inning that had the big hit. The pitch. Swing and a soft slice yeah. into right field. Base hit. Zanino pounds the bag at third. Coming home. The throw goes hurry, into third hurry. base. Well over the glove of Bregman. Dyson coming down the line. He scores two runs in on a wild throw from Reddick in right field. You don't see that very often. And it's five to nothing. Mariners two outs bottom of the sixth. So Seeger had a couple hits and an RBI. Hanniger had a couple hits and a ribby. Nelson Cruz, a bust out game. Three hits, including two ribbies and scored a run. Here's what Cruz said after the game. You got to the 2-0 count. You'd been in 2-0 counts before and just kind of missed them. What were you thinking? Just stay up the middle? Or? Yeah, I mean, you just you stay with the approach uh, and get something that you can like, maintain here at the middle. Yeah. How good did that feel? I mean, just to get that big hit? No doubt, good. Uh, I mean, especially in front of the fans, you know, it's nice to get that double, especially what happened yesterday. Um, and to do it in front of the fans, definitely more special. So did you hear the booze after the fourth inning when, when you guys did Not really, I don't. You don't hear that stuff? No, no, I had twice asked me, I had, but reporters asked me, early asked me about yeah, it. Yeah. No. no. So it's just a matter of getting your timing down coming that first week. Yeah, um, it's just one pitch, you know, that, that one pitch is what it takes to, to click. And I feel like the um, fly that I hit against the Angels, it was... I don't know, some third. Um, uh, I find something in that. I bet. It fell off. That was the one you fouled off a bunch of pitches. Yes. And got the yes. But just, what did you think? What did you think you felt? Um, just, just something. I mean, you can explain what it is. It's something that um, you as a hitter, um, just find when you swing in the timing. What do you think about what Hanniger is doing as a rookie so far this year? It's pretty amazing. I mean, he's uh, getting some top uh, bats and find a way to get through. Uh, big homers. And he's playing pretty good defense also. So. Yeah, it's two games. You guys got some things going yesterday. Just feel like things are going the right way now. Yeah, I mean, the pitching is doing a really good job into yesterday. Um, as an offense, we do a good job yesterday. We scored a lot of runs in today again, so does um, look like all the bats are alive, especially uh, today we got a lot of hits, big hits. Um, and the way passing through, it was pretty nice, you know. How long did you think about one and six? Sorry. What? How long did you think about being one and six? Um, I don't try to think about much negativity, you know. I just focus on a daily basis. and. Um, like today we win, so we try to focus on what we do positive the day yesterday too, uh, what we did positive yesterday, and go from there. It's a long season, so you cannot cut up in the negative It's a tough fight home, though. I mean, the clubhouse yesterday was as tough as I've seen. And yeah, it was, it was tough. tough it was tough, yeah. Um, it was a rough feeling, you know. I mean, winning by that many runs and lost the game. So there was Nelson Cruz talking about the bounce back the Mariners had 
And bouncing back in a big way, getting the win. And this is how it sounded as the M's sealed the victory. Here's the pitch. Swung on line drive to Cano in right field. He's there. Makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners shut out the Houston Astros 6 to nothing this afternoon here in the 2017 home opener before a great crowd. 6 to nothing. the final. Six runs, 11 hits Mariners. No runs, six hits Astros. Astros fall to four and four. Mariners now two and six. Game two of the series tonight. We'll talk about that in a second. First, let's hear from the skipper after the ball game. Yeah, it's it's opening day. You know, it's the first day of the season. So, uh, uh, I think that's uh, with what happened uh, this last week, uh, and especially yesterday. It's we needed to bounce back. Uh, I felt very strongly we would, and. Really started with Paxton, obviously. Awesome job today, uh, keeping a, a very good hitting team down. and Good stuff, mixed in all his pitches. And it's tough when you face teams back-to-back like that because they just saw him you know, five days ago. So really tip my hat to Pax. He was the story of the day for our, our club. Hey, offensively, you botched the, the chance there the fourth inning, but came right back after. I mean, given what that first week was like, that could have been time. That was a point. Very much so. You know, we had created opportunity. We had middle lineup guys got on. Uh, behind it, you know, the strikeouts got us there in, in the fourth. But uh, responded, um, you know, we have a lot of fight in us. Uh, we got some grind in our team. And it was a rough week, there's no doubt. And everybody felt it. But uh, from the minute I walked in this morning, I just wanted to treat it like opening day. Let's just start over. And our guys really did take a new approach, you know, going about it. And it was also opening day for Nelson Cruz, too. So it's good, good that he found his stroke today. You knew Cruz would bounce out of the very much so. Yeah. Um, you know, the veteran guys, and when they're struggling, you know, you say, ah, it should never happen. It happens. It's it's a hard game, and, you know, put a little pressure on themselves early, and then when you don't have your rhythm or your timing, you know, it can get a little challenging. But uh, great job by him. Um, obviously, a little banged up. Robbie took one off the foot, and, and Segura hobbling a little bit right now. But, you know, it'll be okay. What's the status of Gene in terms of, is it going to be a DL stint? No, it's day-to-day right now. We don't know yet. Um, you know, I tweaked his hammy a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll have a better idea tomorrow when he comes in, but uh, it, it's it's very mild. Um, fingers crossed that he's going to be okay tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, that, just diving back. It had, actually happened earlier in the game. Uh, he was trying to get it stretched out, and he went up and had the at-bat. Um, he got on base, and he got doubled up on the line drive, and he just, just didn't feel right. And you know, it's early in the season. Let's let's do the smart thing. You're playing shorthanded already, though. Do you have to make a move to get another guy up here? We'll talk about it. You know, I'll get with Jerry here after. Uh, you know, we get together uh, in my office and kind of go through what the options are and seeing how bad we got to get a report exactly where we think Segura is going to be. But yeah, we are short. You know, we're going with that extra pitcher right now, and something we're going to have to look at. Scott, what was the dialogue with Ronnie after he fouled off the the, the ball off the foot? Uh, that was- really hurt. It's what happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do. He actually has the leg guard on. He fouled, I think, the ball off right in between, you know, the toe part of it and the leg part of it. So there's a little gap in there. And, um, you know, it's it happens. It's part of the game. There's not a whole lot you can do. Um, it's going to be sore. Yeah, see how it is. Get some ice on it. Come back tomorrow. Imagine if you'd lost your starting midfield or starting middle infield in a matter of two innings. Uh, that would have been tough. Yeah, and actually my mind was racing on who we were going to put out there. Um, and all kinds of different uh, – uh, variations of what we had left uh, on our bench, and one probably in- included uh, Chooch showing up somewhere in the infield. So I'm glad we didn't have to go there. Uh, Robbie should be okay. I see you guys responded right after, but did, did the 
booze bother you at all after the fourth inning? Uh, no. I think our players know. Uh, you know, it's been a rough week, and obviously our fan base is on it. They're watching everything we do, and, and they're fired up about the prospects of our team and coming out the way we did. It's disappointing, disappointing to everybody. So, um, you know, it's baseball. It's part of it. Uh, I do think our players fed off the energy of our fans when Cruz is up there, and all of a sudden they're on their feet, and here's our guy, and he comes through. You know, um, those are the things that we have to keep in mind. It is a long season, and, you know, our fans certainly will. Um, it's great to see the turnout today. There are no must-wins in April ever, I don't think, but, but psychologically, was this, was this as close as it gets to how, how the season started? Uh, yeah, when it was six to nothing, I, the bases are loaded. You know, there's a few things going through my mind and, and everybody's mind, but um, you got to keep grinding. You know, it's baseball. Uh, what happened yesterday, we can't fix that. It can't change it. Just got to look forward. Like I said, today when we came in, we're going to try to win the series. We're off to a good start. 13 scoreless innings to start the season for James. Just how impressive you with his first two starts in the year and what he's doing. Well, it's been very impressive. Um, I, I think his ability, how he's attacking and, and uh, using the secondary pitch, and I thought the Astros were trying to be very patient with him today, um, trying to run the pitch count up and laying off the curveball, uh, which they didn't do in Houston, and, and I thought he and Zanino made a good adjustment to that. But uh, he has a chance to have a, you know, a big year, and no doubt. We saw it coming together last year, and he's continuing to, to ride it, and he actually wants to take it to the next level. How he's preparing, how he's going about his work in between starts, uh, it's outstanding, and he's ready to take the next step. With him in the seventh there, when he got the first two guys on, does that show your confidence in him that he could find a way out of that? I know you had relievers up. Yeah, we did. You know, if it got a little deeper um, down in that pocket around some of their left-handed hitters, um, you know, may have gone differently. But, uh, you know, (laughs) starting pitching is what, you know, it's huge for us and getting those guys deep. And especially a guy like Pax, you got to be out there and experience that. You know, when you're getting at close to 100 pitches and there's a couple guys on, how you can get through it, he's done it now. You know, and that certainly will help us here in the long run this year. Pitch out to Villa I'm sorry, go ahead. I just said the pitch out to Villa made career was a, was a pretty big one there. Very much so. It's a pretty good hitter. And uh, Danny Altavilla has been really, really big for us. Um, another guy, young player, uh, trying to take the next step, take on a little bit more of a, a meaningful, uh, higher leverage role in the backside of our bullpen. And, uh, again, awesome pitch. You know, he gave up a couple hits today, but he didn't fold. He kept making pitches and going after him and, got out of it so there it is that's the skipper talking about this one a lot of good almost all good the Segura injury uh we'll see what that uh how he's doing tomorrow see if he's in the lineup or if they have to make a move to bring up someone just in case but uh yeah we'll see we'll know more tomorrow speaking of tomorrow mariners and astros game two of the series 7-10 first pitch from safe cold field Musgrove against Miranda as they'll go at it in game two of the series as the Mariners look to put together a little winning streak now after winning the home opener. So hopefully you'll see it at Safeco Field tomorrow. Safeco Field yesterday, Aaron Goldsmith, a chance to sit down with Harold Reynolds, Jamie Moyer, and Willie Bloomquist. Here it is. The most exciting day of the year, it is opening day here at Safeco Field, and we have about as colorful of a panel of guests here for us inside the green room, just beyond uh, the home plate entrance at Safeco Field. We have Harold Reynolds here. Hello, everybody. Willie Bloomquist and Mariners Hall of Famer Jamie Moyer. Howdy. Guys, this is always an exciting day as a player. What's it like for you guys coming back to Safeco Field and, and being a part of the opening day festivities, Harold? I'll tell you what, it's cool. Uh, I wasn't anticipating coming back, so... 
when I got the call to come back and be able to come back here to, to, to Seattle and watch the game, pretty cool. And then get to throw out the first pitch. You know, being a Northwest kid, I'm used to watching the Mariners and following them, so it's kind of a, a nice thing for me to come back to see in person. But you will. You're from the Northwest. I'll kind of echo that. Yeah, I was uh, flattered, honored that uh, they called me to come and do this, but uh, growing up being a Mariners fan um, and then getting an opportunity to play here for a lot of years and uh, play with Jamie and watch Harold growing up. I mean, it was uh, very cool for me. So to come back and experience opening day here well, as, a, as a fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's awesome for me, too. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't grow up here, but I played here long enough to feel like I grew up here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think opening day is always special, I think, for players. I mean, it's obviously you've been going through your off season, You've gone through spring training. It's obviously the mark of a new season. And I think that's very exciting for the players. I think, you know, it's it's kind of like it's go time and let's go. You know, right now we really need to go. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an ex- it marks a special time in the season. And not only for baseball, but just, you know, spring. I mean, spring's around the corner and, you know, kids are getting out of school and they're coming to games. And it's just a fun time. But I know coming back here, um, I've had good fortune to pitch a couple of times opening day and that excitement. You know, with your new teammates, and, and it's just the excitement of thinking, hey, we can win a lot of games and make it a special year. You know, we've, we've come so far as an organization. Uh, when people ask me opening day, I think about Chuck Armstrong. And, you know, being in the kingdom, we didn't win the first game with 50,000 there. Nobody was coming the next day. And so I remember it's it's almost as if it happened yesterday. We lost a game. We're in the clubhouse. You know, as a player, you got 161 more games. And Chuck would walk in, and he'd slump against the wall. And he'd slide down. <laughs> the briefcase would be like, what's wrong, Chuck? And he's like, oh. Like the season was over. Because he understood, you know, hey, we, we didn't perform in front of that big crowd. We may not get them back. These guys helped turn the tide, you know, with Griffey and moving forward. They, they're going to be back the next day. But when we were playing, man, it was pressure <laughs> on the day. We didn't win. We might get 5,000 the next day. Will any specific opening day memory stand out to you more than others? Uh, you know, probably my my uh, my first one. Obviously, was, was very important. My first one here at Safeco Field was important because uh, uh, Scott Spezio got hurt right before opening day, and they threw me right into the fire and playing third base. And if I remember, I think you were might have been pitching that day, um, but it was uh, playing against Anaheim, and that was uh, a really special day for me to to get an opening day start here How'd at Safeco. You do? One for three with a double RBI. Hello, hello. Just hey, ask. Just ask. I got uh, about the only good game I had that year. So, uh, but that was a pretty special day for me. What about you, Jamie? You know, I don't, I don't really have one that stands out. I know for me, I think I've had two opening day opportunities to start the season, and I think to me that that's really special. I mean, it's a team game. But when you have that honor, you know, they hand you the ball and say you're, you're the opening day pitcher. I mean, it, it's a feel-good inside, but it, it also I felt like I was kind of the leader. I wasn't the leader of the team, but, you know, I was well, kind of the leading ace. the forces. The know? ace gets the yeah, ball. And, and it's, it's fun. And I think that's what makes it special. And, and being able to come back here today and, you know, watch this all kind of happen in front of us, I think for all of us in our own special ways, we're going to start reliving times that we had here with the fans, you know, being on the field and playing. And to me, that's the fun of it. So in the spirit of the 40th anniversary of the Mariners, we've we got to talk a little Edgar here. 
Okay. Yep. So August 12th, there we go, showing up the patch. That's pretty sweet. It is. So on August 12th this year, Edgar's number is going to be retired. Right, so Junior last year, the first in franchise history, and now Edgar. You each had a chance to play with Edgar. Jamie, you actually faced Edgar as well. I did. What, what, what Edgar memories do you guys have? Well, being the oldest here, uh, as Willie pointed out, uh, <laughs> I, I played with Edgar when he was a third baseman, you know, and grew into being that designated hitter. Uh, I think the one thing that's overlooked with his offense being so great was how good a defender he was. He had great range, made great plays, so he was an all-around uh, really solid player. As far as his offense and the number retired and going into the Hall of Fame and all that, he should be going to Cooperstown. You know, the designated hitter's a position. In my mind, Edgar's been one of the best at it. Uh, as far as the Mariners retiring his jersey, uh, I was number 63, number 85. You <laughs> damn it, you were everything. It seems like Edgar was always number 11. And so the only guy I remember wearing 11 was like Bob Kearney. Way back before Edgar <laughs> took over. That's how long like he wore that number. So it, it's fitting that they retire his number. Yeah, I think just uh, from a guy watching Edgar growing up, and he was he was Mr. Mariner, you know, when I was coming up at, as, in junior high and high school, that he was uh, at the top of his game at that point, um, hitting 340 every year and just doing the things he did. And, and to get for me to get an opportunity to actually be a teammate of his um, after kind of seeing your idol up there, and then you actually get to wear the same uniform as him, and then uh, have him kind of put his arm around you and say, hey, why don't you try this? And then have it just, <laughs> and it works. wow, it works. <laughs> Where were you last year? Uh, you past 150 at-bats. Why don't you just try this, puppy? And next thing you know, you're like, you're out of your funk. And I'm like, man, he just was a special teammate, special person. So it sounds like you're not surprised that he's the Mariners hitting coach. No, I mean, he's uh, if there's a guy that can break down a swing and understand it, from start to finish on how everything works, he's the guy. So he's a special human. So I facing him, Jamie. Well, that's yeah, Aaron alluded to that, and you know, I hated facing him. And I can say most of my teammates that I was playing with, again, you know, with the Orioles and the Rangers, hated facing him as well. And it got to the point where we would sit in our pregame meetings and say, "All right, all right how are we going to attack Edgar Martinez?" You know, the guys would say, "Well, down and away, up and in." You know, it got to the point he hit everything. So we just would say, you know what, let's throw it down the middle and let him try to decide because he's, that's the only place he's probably not looking. And we started to have a little more success, but he was a very dif- difficult hitter to face. And then becoming a teammate, you know, you're like, you had all the respect in the world from him across the field. Now you're a teammate, and now you really get to see how it works and how he did it. And, you know, the time that he puts in the batting cage is phenomenal. Uh, his pregame routine was, you know, his eye routine that he went through was phenomenal. I never knew he had eye problems. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. But the cool thing that I really eyes. liked about him was his demeanor. Right. He, his demeanor and the way he went about his job was just, it was very consistent. And you, and you see the same thing as a hitting coach, too. So, I mean, and he gets that respect. That's the other cool thing. He got the respect from the opponent as well as his teammates. So, I mean, to me, I think that speaks for itself. Did, did any of you guys ever see Edgar weighing his bats? Yes. Yeah. In a bat scale, and he put a, a little Pepsi cup up there and cut the so it, it wouldn't take a weight, and you'd put it on there so it, the Pepsi cup would hold it on this little scale. And if it wasn't 31 ounces right on the dot, sign it and throw it in the giveaway. BP <laughs> 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 only, huh? Very meticulous with, uh, with his bats. But, but, 
Wow. Obviously, it worked. I'm learning more about him. <laughs> he, uh, you mentioned the eye thing. When I would have taken his, those bats. His, his, <laughs> he would do his eye exercises. The next thing you know, I'm checking up. Maybe I should do the eye exercises. I'd start doing them, maybe trying to get a few extra hits. But it didn't work like it did for him. So 40 years of Mariners baseball, and they're the icons of the franchise that we talk all the time about. But who, who is a guy that comes to mind that you think is, is really a, was one of the great Mariners that doesn't get enough play? Who, who's a guy that we don't talk about enough in franchise history? Uh, I, uh, there's a lot in my mind, because I came up in a, with a group of guys that really laid the foundation. But Rupert Jones was here today. Yeah. I mean, he was the first guy that was drafted in the, the expansion draft to start the organization, first all-star. He's got to be in the Hall of Fame. Mark Langston, for me, <clears throat> nasty, nasty. Way before Randy Oh, what a leg kick, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. All those guys. Um, you know, those are a couple of guys that just stand out. But we, we've had some really good players come through this organization. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Mark Langston and Alvin Davis was the other yeah. guy that I thought was just uh, – he was the guy that, that I watched all the time yeah, growing he up. So he, was, he was awesome. Got to love that smile. Yep. And that's, that's not all. Best. What do you think, Jamie? You know, I'm a little biased. I'm going to throw out Danny Wilson. You know, Danny Wilson mm-hmm. – I mean, he went through a lot, and I mean, it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, playing over in the Kingdom, playing under Lou Pinella, you know, anytime <laughs> you know, uh, several hits were given up. Danny took the brunt of it, right? You're putting the wrong fingers down, you know. He's always giving them crap. But I mean, we've had we had years where we struggle as a staff, and he's catching 20, 25 guys. He's catching basically every day. I mean, for me, he's been an unsung hero, and he's done it very quietly. And now, you know, he works in the organization. He does it very quietly. But, I mean, just a guy, and he's just a legit guy. You know, I mean, you could always count on him for conversation. If you need to talk to him or, you know, confide in him, whatever it is, you're struggling in a game, you're struggling with a hitter, you always had something to add to it. Well, I think the one thing that the Mariner organization has always done is have quality people. You look at all the Roberto Clemente Award winners. You look at... The community in itself, the guys that had impacts. And I look at a group of guys that I play with. Mark Langston broadcasts for the Angels. You know, Alvin Davis is in the front office and doing whatever he does here. Dave Valley's still doing TV. Darnell Cole's the hitting coach from Milwaukee. Uh, Jim Pressey was the hitting coach in Baltimore. I mean, you go on and on and on. Phil Bradley works for the Players Union. I mean, it's pretty amazing the quality of people. And it continued on all the way up to Jamie well, Moore. You're at the MLB Network, so yeah. there you go. And on, huh? and on and on and on. But just uh, <laughs> I, I think that's been one thing that when you think about overlooking people in the organization, it's the organization itself. The quality of men they've produced has really been a special place, and I don't think you see that in a lot of the other organizations. I don't know. You guys played enough different ones to know. Well, I think it was, it was special just that it was the way that they did. I was so fortunate to come up with a, with a group of veteran guys in this clubhouse that taught me the right way how to do things. And, you know, your performance on the field is one thing. Some days it's going to be good. Some days it's going to be bad. But you still handle yourself like a professional. You go about your business every day regardless. You, do, you put your work in, and you act like a professional. And that was the, the guys before me taught me that, and I, I hope to pass that on to the, to the guys after me. So it was just the way they did things in this organization. Guys, this has been awesome. We can talk all day. But we know you guys got to get warmed up, right? Oh, man. I don't know if that's going to figure out how I'm going to squat to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and then stand back up. Sure. Hey, guys, we yeah. so appreciate you coming uh, here to Safeco Field, being a part of the festivities today. It's going to be a fun day. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Man. Appreciate awesome. it. Thank you, Ern. Calderon doubling in the fifth.
and scoring. Striking out and grounding out. By the way, the next family night is June the 11th when these ends host the White Sox. That's next Monday. Calderon hits one off the right side of the bat. Hit it into right field. Scooped up by Reynolds. Backhand. Flipped it first to Alvin Davis. My, oh, my. What a play by Harold Reynolds. His only play to backhand flip it, and it just barely got there to beat Yvonne Calderon to end the sixth inning. Tremendous play by Reynolds defensively one more time. He didn't have time to plant and throw. He just had to... See you later! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.